Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. All right, ladies and gentlemen all around the world, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. And this is not your typical episode, as you might have told, might have been able to tell by the uh, name of the episode. So what's going on? What's up with the uh, intermission episode? Well, the intermission episode, this is basically my uh, my version of an episode of this podcast where I have uh, fallen behind a little bit in my research and I'm not able to produce a feature-length episode of the podcast. So um, I could I had one or two choices. I could just not produce an episode for the Thursday, uh, the Thursday edition of this podcast, or I could uh, produce a... Uh, an episode of a little bit of a different nature that doesn't require so much work as a uh, feature-length episode of the podcast. Those episodes actually do take quite a bit of work. Uh, it may not seem that way in the delivery because it just kind of all flows together, but there's a lot of research and time spent looking for those letters and reading those letters and parsing it out before the podcast actually gets done. So I, I certainly appreciate your patience with me uh, on this episode. Uh, I decided I was going to do an episode today of just some reduced content uh, so that I could provide some content for you. I felt obligated to do that because I, I absolutely do not like falling behind in my research, but sometimes it happens. I got a full-time job on top of this podcast, plus other things. So I know you folks know what that's like. So my apologies for uh, no feature-length episode this time, but I hope you enjoy this content. I, I, I will be discussing some uh, regular-type stuff with you, same kind of stuff we always talk about. It's just not going to be about the uh, the letters uh, today. I'm gonna, what I decided to do is uh, pull a quote from John Adams and also one from Samuel Adams, and we're just going to talk about what that quote is referring to, what it what it means. And it does tie into things that we've talked about before on this podcast. And the quotes that I'm going to be pulling from today are from my readings from my uh, my books that I have on the Founding Fathers. Uh, they're not just random quotes I pulled off the internet. I actually got them out of my, uh, my hardcover books that I got right here. And by the way, that's kind of a Roman recommendation. That's going to be another bonus of this episode of the podcast. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a recommendation on... Uh, kind of the kind of material to buy. You know, I, I know everybody has a different preference when it comes to books, uh, e-books, electronic books, paperback, hardcover, etc. And honestly, you know, when I've bought electronic books before, I, I've never bought an electronic version of a book that I that I regarded as a serious history book, though. When it comes to serious history books like the kind I read from the about the Founding Fathers, I honestly recommend a, um, I honestly recommend a real book, an actual physical book, for any number of really good reasons. Uh, it's, it's good to be able to have that material to refer to. If you take notes on it, the page numbers are consistent, and it's right there. You can just pull it off the shelf and, and flip it open, and it's, it's very reliable. It's hard for somebody to delete your uh, hardcover book from out of your phone. Uh, it's just, it's always there. So, and as far as real books go, I, I do prefer hardcover in this kind of format as far as history books go, as, a, as opposed to paperback. And that's just for longevity, honestly. Uh, they, they tend to last longer. They hold up a little bit better than paperback. Paperback, uh, if you, especially if you pull it off the bookshelf and you, re, and you look at it a bunch, it just gets tore up faster. So that's my recommendation to you for what it's worth. Uh, and there will be a feature-length episode for the Monday episode, this next one. I usually drop those on Sunday uh, for Monday delivery. Uh, they some they show up usually on most places on Sunday, but technically I really intended to show up on Monday 
but uh, there will be a feature length episode there. So if you're if if this if this particular episode isn't your cup of tea, then you can just skip this one and go on to the wait for the uh, the Monday episode. And it's going to be a good one, actually. I think we're going to have a good episode on Sunday. And uh, barring barring any kind of catastrophe, there definitely will be that Monday episode. I've got pretty much everything put together for it. So long as there's not a huge calamity like, you know, Armageddon, meteor striking the Earth, something like that, heaven forbid, or the um, untimely death of Big Bird, there will be an episode uh, for Monday. So don't worry about that. And uh, if you're new to the podcast and this is the first episode you're kind of cruising into, then you can just um, you can just skip this one if you if you don't like the format or if you want to get a taste of what the podcast is really like you're gonna want to check out a different episode than this one uh, this is this is a different type of episode I've never done an episode like this before but uh, we're just gonna keep it short today keep it simple and that'll that'll save me a bunch of time to get ready for the uh, the next episode so what uh, what quote are we gonna talk about I'm gonna rattle one off here for you from John Adams and then I'm gonna talk about it and then you can uh, think about this between now and the next episode that we have coming on uh coming on monday and i quote happiness whether in despotism or democracy whether in slavery or liberty can never be found without virtue the best republics will be virtuous and have been so but we make hazard a conjecture that the virtues have been the effect of a the well-ordered constitution rather than the cause end quote so he's talking about what's required for quote the best republics end quote and he says it's virtue. Virtue is required. Okay. I think a lot of people out there in the audience are going to nod their head and go, of course, of course, Roman, of course. I mean, John is absolutely right. He's uh, he's, he's absolutely right about it. Of course it requires virtue. The problem is, is that's not so apparent to most people. Well, I don't know about most, but a great many people, let's just put it that way. It's it's not very clear to them because clearly they don't give a hoot and a holler about virtue. Roman, he- heavens, what are you talking about, Roman? I don't understand. What do you mean people don't think virtue is it? Well, I'll tell you what. There, There is a, I mean, kind of gets to a discussion about, you know, our current p- political state in the around the world and certainly in the United States. I'm not going to get all partisan on you folks. Don't worry. I'm not going to name names, and I'm not going to name groups of people and so on and so forth. I don't do that on this podcast, but every once in a while I do venture off into the uh, the relatively uh, modern political discourse in, in general. I don't, uh, I don't get specific, but generally speaking. Is virtue widely a widely held and honored principle in the arena of politics today in the United States? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, in my humble opinion, absolutely not. Uh, and for you folks around the world in other countries, you make your own determination. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, guess. It depends on where you're at, obviously. And it's gonna depend a lot. I mean, your, your local governments and your national governments, the central governments, they're gonna vary, just like here. It varies in complexity. But certainly if we want to have the best republic, we, we better have a virtuous one. And, it, and there's that word again, republic, by the way. Remember, I've said it before. I mean, step number one to really knowing what the founding fathers would want us to do in this day and age. Step number one in that is really just acknowledging what kind of government it was that they created in the first place. And it's not a democracy. Don't listen to those people out there. And I know some of you folks might have said it before as well. We live in a democracy. Democracy, 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 democracy. And, and why do you say that? It's because, and honestly, I, I think I said it a few times way back when I was very young. And, and the reason why is because, you know, we're, we're just told that by everybody. You know, we're, and honestly, we've been lied to. We've been lied to by our teachers in some cases. We've been lied to by historians who should know better. We've been lied to by presidents of the United States who go around speaking about democracy, democracy, democracy. Uh, that's that's not what John Adams is talking about here. He's talking about a republic. 
And why are teachers, I mean, if you're in my generation anyway, I don't know about the generations previous to me, but if you're in my generation, your teachers lied to you. You know, if you had the same kind of teachers I did, they lied to you about what kind of government we have. They said we have a democracy and we don't. And you were lied to by every president that's been president since you've been alive. I have been, I, except for maybe one of them. I forget. But uh, pretty much every president of the United States has lied to us about this. And it, it's important to understand that. It's important to understand that, yes, they lied to you. I talked about this before. And some people are going to take, you know, take offense to that. How, how dare you, Roman? How dare you say that every president since you've been alive has lied, lied about, about a democracy? Have you heard? Have you listened to these people? And I've said it before, you know, I'll say it again. Either either every president since I've been alive, except for, like I said, with the exception of maybe one of them, was dumber than a hammer. And they have no idea what kind of government. I mean, they are they are the executive of the government, and they have no idea what kind of government we have. Or they're lying to us. Those are the only two options. There's no middle ground. So which is it? Were they dumb as a bag of hammers, or were they lying to us? Frankly speaking, I don't think any of them were dumb as a bag of hammers. Otherwise, I don't think they would have made it to president of the United States. I think, well, some people may disagree with me on that. But anyway, they, um, I, I think they were lying to us. Now, and the question is, well, I'm not going to really get into the why. I'll talk about that another time. But, you know, it, it's it's truly offensive that we've been lied to so much. But but again, I mean, keep in mind, this is a republic. And if you want, want to keep a republic, like Benjamin Franklin said, the story, I never did tell you that story the last time I mentioned Benjamin Franklin. He, he said it was a republic, too. And the story goes, he was coming out of the Constitutional Convention, and somebody asked him, what kind of a government do we have? And he says, a republic, if you can keep it. So there's Benjamin Franklin, and he should know he was there at the Constitutional Convention. He was also there in Congress when, when the country was being, in the Continental Congress, when the war got started. He was there. Who, who would know better than Benjamin Franklin? So stop calling it a democracy for crying out loud. It, it just, it, it irks me to no end when somebody calls this country a democracy. Uh, and for you folks overseas, you, you might have a democracy. It really kind of depends on where you live. But I, if, if you do have a democracy, frankly speaking, I would be very concerned if I were you, because John Adams frequently referred to it as a, quote, despotism of democracy, end quote. He didn't like democracy. He hated it. I'm going to be talking more about that in months and years to come. But um, so... Keep in mind, this this is a republic, as John Adams said, and it must be a virtuous one. So what's this problem with virtue, really? What, what's going on with that? What, what do I mean when I say, you know, we don't have a lot of virtue in this, in, this, in this country, as far as politics goes? Amongst the people, there's a lot of virtue, I think. I think there's a lot of—I I think that's really the only thing that keeps this country going most days is the virtue of the people. Even that, though, is, is problematic at, at some of the time. But if we don't have virtue in— you know the leadership of the country and the in the uh, the electoral politics of the country. It really does cause a bit of a problem uh, because usually a lack of virtue leads to corruption. And is there any corruption in government? Well, of course there is. Everybody knows that there is. Now the problem with that is, I mean, it's one thing for there to be one corrupt individual here or there, and for us to you know when it when it finally gets revealed, everybody rebels against it and throws it out of government and all the rest of it. But that's not what happens in the United States now, is it? It really isn't. What happens is, I mean, honestly, when I hear most people talk about corruption in government, and I'm serious when I mention this too, they usually just kind of roll their eyes or shrug their shoulders and say, oh yeah, our politicians are corrupt. We know that. And I'm thinking to myself, really? You're just going to shrug your shoulders at that like it's no big deal? That's a, that's a huge problem. You know, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to just roll with it and say, oh my gosh, corruption in government. Oh, it's perfectly fine. Just let it, let it go. It's, it's, it's there, you know, whatever. Just so long as they're doing, you know, this, this all right and whatever, it, you know, we'll be okay. I don't know about that. I mean, because John Adams says, quote, happiness, whether in despotism or democracy, whether in slavery or liberty, can never be found without virtue, end quote. 
And it's a it's a no wonder happiness can never be found because I mean if your if your politicians are corrupt then they're going to be doing all manner of crazy things that are probably going to rob you of your happiness at some point. So so be mindful of that. And you know I got a I got a quote from John Adams here, or excuse me, Sam Adams that kind of ties in with that a little bit. This uh, lack of virtue and the possibility of the uh, the corruption that that stems from that goes a little something like this quote. Neither the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws will secure the liberty and happiness of a people whose manners are universally corrupt, end quote. Mm, boy. So absent that virtue that John Adams was talking about, usually what's going to eventually take hold is corruption. Now, if you have that corruption, what happens? Well, according to Sam Adams here, even if you have the wisest constitution or the wisest laws, the liberty and happiness of a people are insecure. He says that, and he mentions, he says, he says the same word, happiness. It's the exact same word that John Adams used. And I like to think that these two guys know what they're talking about. I mean, Samuel Adams was just the father of the American Revolution, after all. And, uh, you know, John Adams was, uh, was really the voice of the American Revolution and just the, uh, you know, second president of the United States. So I think, you know, you focus on these two quotes. They're, they're obviously driving at something here. You want a virtuous... If you want to have a, the best republic, honestly, if you want to have any kind of a republic at all for any length of time, there has to be some virtue. And if you want to secure your liberty and your happiness, you can't have this universal corruption that, that Samuel Adams was talking about. What does that mean, universal corruption? Well, if corruption were, it, you know, because of a lack of virtue, you know, the, the old saying goes, nature abhors a vacuum. So if you, uh, if you have that giant sucking sound of virtue leaving politics— to uh to quote a politician from back in the 90s he was talking about something else for if you if you know what i'm talking about leave a leave a comment over on the patreon side uh i'll, I'll be actually curious if anybody knows which politician i'm talking about but um you hear that giant sucking sound of virtue basically leaving politics something is going to come in on top of it to take its place and it's probably going to be corruption and if it starts infiltrating the politics and then people start shrugging their shoulders and saying, oh, yeah, our politicians are corrupt, it's, it's okay, whatever, yeah, it's normal, it's politi politicians will be politicians, you know, kind of like the old saying, boys will be boys, you know. That sounds like universal corruption to me. I mean, it, it exists in the politicians, not in every politician, don't get me wrong, but it, it exists in politicians to some regard, and then people just shrug their shoulders and accept it. Does that sound like universal corruption to you? Because it does to me. And if that, if that is true, if that is true, then I'd say we're in, we're in a bit of trouble, aren't we, boys and girls? I mean, we are, we are in some trouble, according to Samuel Adams. So why do I point that? Why do I why do I point this out? To keep something to keep an eye on. And honestly, a little bit of friendly advice from John and Samuel Adams: Don't accept corruption and a lack of virtue in your government. Do not accept it. If your politicians that you vote for or you don't vote for, whatever, in your state, in your federal government or overseas, in your parliament or whatever the case may be, don't support these people. Even if they're doing what you want them to do, generally speaking, don't support any kind of corruption on their part. That's the other thing that sometimes happens. You know, sometimes people not only accept the corruption, they encourage it so long as the politician that's corrupt is on their side. Then we start getting to this game of we start playing teams. And that's a whole other big big set of problems. I'll talk about that in another episode of the podcast. But, you know, the worst thing you can do is encourage corruption or passionately support politicians who are corrupt just because they're doing what you want them to do. Uh-uh. Don't do that. You think that's not going to come back to haunt you later on? Probably will. Because neither your liberty nor your happiness are going to be secure while that's going on, says Sam Adams. So keep a mind towards that. It's a it's a very it's a very dangerous game we play when we allow that kind of stuff to fester. 
So be very careful with that, folks. Be very careful. And, you know, we're going to be reading a lot more from our from our friends John Adams, Samuel Adams, and, and others in regards to this particular topic in the weeks, months, and years to come. But uh, I just wanted to I wanted to talk about that on this particular episode to give you something to think about and and to provide you some kind of content on this podcast in between you know the the last episode and the next Monday episode that's going to drop. And I hope you I hope this was valuable to you in some some regard. It gives you something to think about and. And what the founding fathers would would tell us today, like if they if Samuel Adams and John Adams were alive today, what would they say to us? Now, honestly, they they'd give us an earful. But uh, and, and the good news is they may not be here, but their words are still here, which is why I do this podcast. My 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 goal here is really just to be a, a conduit through which the founding fathers can speak from 250 years ago, because these, like I said, these principles are timeless. They just they 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 continue on and on forever. I mean, those two quotes I just gave you, anybody can really see how relevant that is in, in modern politics anywhere in the world, not just in the United States. You want the best republic? It better be a virtuous one, says John Adams, and I agree with him. You want to secure your happiness and your liberty? Well, you better make sure there's no universal corruption going on inside your country, your government, etc. Sam Adams was uh, very correct about that, in my opinion. You've got to be very, very careful about that corruption, because, you know, corruption is like, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it's just like a cancer. It just grows and grows and grows and grows. Got to stay on top of that stuff. Good advice, ladies and gentlemen. Good advice from our friends John and Samuel Adams. These are some good guys, I think. I, I always like John and Samuel Adams a lot. I like what they I like what they wrote. I I you know scarcely do I read something that they wrote that I I really don't like. I do disagree with them on occasion. For example, I like this uh, this last section of that quote that I read from John Adams. Quote: But we may hazard a conjecture that the virtues have been the effect of a well-ordered constitution rather than the cause, end quote. So he's saying that these virtues come from a well-ordered constitution rather than creating the well-ordered constitution. And I, I, I pulled this from my, my notes and my writings on this. I'd have to go back to exactly that page in the book that I read to figure out exactly where he was going with that. But let me just address that really quick. Do I think that the virtue comes from a well-ordered constitution or it's the cause, or it causes a well-ordered constitution. I think it causes it. I don't think it comes from a well-ordered constitution. You can have the best constitution all day long. There's always going to be corruption on the other side of it, because there's always going to be somebody who just wants to, you know, take the constitution, run it through a shredder, and call it a day. They they don't care. Uh, however, to get a good constitution, you have to have virtue. You have to. You can't have a good constitution without virtue. Other countries have tried it. Has anybody has anybody in the audience ever read the communist constitution from the Soviet Union? Oh, it's a wonderful one. Oh, it sounds lovely. I mean, it wasn't worth the paper it was printed on, and it was a big pile of crap. And why is that? Because it, was, it wasn't made by virtuous men. It really wasn't. It was made by murderers. Murderers and thieves. And, and so has every constitution like it. Murderers and thieves write those things. And you didn't get, did you get any virtue out of any? No. So, you know, virtue creates a well-ordered constitution, and a well-ordered constitution does not create any kind of virtue on the other side of it. Other things do. Good education, listening to what the Founding Fathers wrote, holding firm to those virtues that the Founding Fathers were talking about. That's, that's what's going to keep the Constitution alive. That's all I have to say on that particular topic today. I'll let you I'll, a little update on the Patreon side of the podcast as well. I'm going to be opening up an episode of that podcast for free so you can go over there and listen to it without having to subscribe because I figured a preview might be a better way to let you folks know what kind of a podcast it is that I've got going on over there. And uh, before too long, I'm going to be uh, dropping the next episode, which is going to be my 80th anniversary of December 7th. 
But uh, the episode that I'm going to make for free over there is actually a really good one. It's very, very different from what I usually do. And that, that podcast over there on Patreon is generally very different at times, not all the time, from what I do here. Sometimes I talk about history-related stuff, like I do here. Sometimes it's even Founding Fathers-related, but other times I go completely a different route. It's a very open podcast that way. Uh, and the episode that I'm going to make for free over there is called Shiny New Things, I believe is, is the name of it. And it, in that episode, I, connect, I, I talk about three things, uh, the personal computer, the electric car, and at the very end of it, the Founding Fathers, and I tie those three things together. Now, most people might think, what in the world do the personal computer, the electric car, and the Founding Fathers have in common? Well, I'll tell you in that podcast. So if you're curious about that, and uh, you want to hear a very, what I think is a good a good perspective on those three topics and, and how what, what they have in common, uh, give that episode a listen, and then leave a comment on it. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you if you choose to leave a comment, if you choose to stick around on the podcast over there, subscribe if you if you want to, etc., See how see how you like that. But with that said, that's all I have for you today. I I certainly do appreciate you folks being patient with me on the feature length episode of the podcast. Wait, you know, and waiting until ne- the next Monday episode drops for that. Uh, as always, I, I I do very much appreciate your listenership and your participation in the podcast and sharing the podcast. Like I know some of you do. I never take you folks for granted. Uh, which is why I wanted to make an episode today, even if it's a short one and a little bit different than what we usually do. Uh, So with that said, I hope to see all of you folks on the next episode of the Feature Length Podcast. And this is Roman signing out. Thank you.